0: It's a very special day here in the North Carolina area. Um, let me ask you one question. What's going on tonight?
1: Um, what's going on tonight? A couple things. The Tampa Bay Lightning are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's, it started at 730. Yeah. This is a really important game because they both have 93 points and they've both played the same amount of mm-hmm. games. And there's only 15 games left in the regular season. So this is an important of game. Um, Lego Star Wars comes out at midnight. I have a meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I will probably not go to bed tonight because I'm going to grind out Lego Star Wars. Um, Yeah, pretty eventful night here in North Carolina, if I say so myself. I'm pretty Um, pumped. Why am I not
0: surprised? Because I literally had a whole intro planned to get him to say like, oh, what's going on tonight? It's a basketball game. And then, no, I was going to slide back in and say, no, it's Lego Star Wars. And he literally... (laughs) this is the second time we tried to record this intro and he just blew my <laughs> intro that I've worked on for three hours today <laughs> and it's just completely well, shot right off the bat. So yeah, no, there's a basketball game tonight. UNC Duke or not Not UNC, Duke, Duke, UNC Kansas, UNC Duke already happened. Um, that was the national yeah. championship. UNC Duke Kansas won. doesn't matter. Um,
1: is it like a big game? Like legit. I know nothing about no, basketball. Is this like UNC game?
0: Kansas is less of a deep, big deal than UNC Duke. UNC wow. Duke was the national championship. If Duke loses to Kansas, it really doesn't matter. Um,
1: so, you w- would more people watch the UNC Duke game than will watch the game tonight.
0: Considering that we're recording a podcast while the national championship is about to be played, I the season <laughs> is over in my mind. Um, but Vic, okay, real quick, this is because this is recorded before the game. One, who wins the game? Two, what episode are you starting with with Lego Star Wars? Are you doing it um, sequential Tampa- or are you going through picking a specific episode?
1: Yeah. Uh, one, the Tampa Bay Lightning will win the game tonight because that's the most important game that's on of tonight. Course. And two, I I don't know what episode I'm going to start on. I'm curious to know if they will let you play each episode individually and start wherever you want or if they'll force you to go. So- I don't know. I don't know. I'm open. If you want to find out, twitch.tv slash warotsiv 157 Midnight tonight. This will be four weeks that this airs after <laughs> the game comes out. But check it out. Be there tonight. <laughs> Why? Who do you think's gonna win the game tonight? Tampa Bay Lightning or Toronto Maple, oh, big, Leafs? Maple
0: Leafs guy. big Maple Leaf Sky. Big Maple Leaf Sky. All
1: right. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. It's been um, real.
1: Thanks for watching. You can check us out on TikTok. <laughs> uh email us. At
0: <laughs> yep, that's it. That's all she wrote.
1: And we're done. Who do you cheer for in college basketball?
0: Uh Wheaton College, man. Through and through, oh yeah, yeah. my bad. You my know, D three till I die.
1: Hey, they're good. We're not I heard bad. Back in the day, they had this guy. No, we're not bad at all. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't dogging. Yeah, on y'all. final four to watch the games when they're on TV every <laughs> single year.
0: <laughs> Check us out on ESPN. All, all
1: zero up on ESPN
0: the Ocho. That's where
1: the Ocho. Dang it, good, <laughs> good one, good one. ESPN the Ocho. The Wheaton basketball game comes right on after comes on right after the uh, dodgeball. Tournament. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like the national dog show, <laughs> D3 Final Four.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Sanctified Ish. My name is Victor, local student pastor locally at a local church.
0: How many locals are you going to throw in there, bud? Um... <laughs> I
1: mean, the local church is important. Local church, the local, local, local church. Amen. As we say,
0: uh, my name is Reagan Jones. (laughs) I'm also a student pastor here in North Carolina and welcome to Sanctified-ish conversations with pastors who haven't figured it out. Um, and we are nearing the end of season one, if we want to call it that here. Um, Crazy. crazy, 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 crazy. This is something that Vic and I have been planning and talking through for what seems like almost like five to six months going way, 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 way back. Um, And one of the one of the episodes we've been wanting to do for a while um, is just this this idea of happiness versus joy, Um, because we see in the Bible a lot like there is joy all throughout the Bible. Um, the Bible says like the, 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 joy, of the Lord is my strength. Jesus counted it as joy as he went to the cross. Like he turns our mourning into dancing. Like joy comes with the mourning. like there's joy all throughout scripture. Um, however, we have this human emotion called happiness and what we're trying to figure out what we're trying to process through today is that, is there a difference between happiness and emotion? If so, what is it? And how do we mistakenly yeah. confuse the two where there's joy is a fruit of the spirit but happiness is an emotion that is based off of our circumstance. And so how do we differentiate between the two if we're in a season of life that we're really excited about or maybe we're not really excited about? Um, and that's what we get to dive yeah. into today. Pretty stoked about it.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I I remember a while ago, many years ago, my a church had invited me to come speak uh, on a Sunday morning, Sunday morning service. I was going to fly over, preach. I was super pumped. And they told me that that the topic that I needed to preach on was joy. I could pick whatever passage that I wanted to in the Bible and preach joy. But joy had to be kind of the, the center of the sermon, right? And I remember getting to the church and having constructed my whole sermon, right? My whole sermon was based kind of in Psalm 51 mm-hmm. where David's like pleading with God to restore to him, the joy of his salvation. So that's kind of where I was focusing on. And I sit down and you know how churches will play like bumper videos (laughs) before sermons. They play the bumper video and the name of the series comes up on the screen. And I, to this point, I had not seen the name of the series. I had no clue, probably a total oversight on my part. The name of the series was called in the fields, all about emotion (laughs) and feelings. And I get up on stage (laughs) And the first thing out of my mouth is joy is not an emotion. Oh, and I have not been invited back to preach at that church because I think I literally taught (laughs) the thing that they did not want
0: me to teach. That'll do it. But
1: to this day, I stand, I stand by that, right? Because joy is not an emotion and happiness is. And, And I think, and especially in today's semantics, And in today's culture, there's a lot of overlap Mm -hmm. that happens definitionally with these words. And so I think what we're going to try and do today is talk about what joy and happiness and how those things have played out in our lives Mm -hmm. and hopefully provide a little bit of clarity so we can differentiate between circumstantial happiness and complete and satisfied joy in Jesus. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think, Vic, you even kind of mentioned, like, this is a great place to start. Um joy is not an emotion and happiness is because it's like to differentiate based off of what they are rooted in. So happiness is an emotion that is rooted in our circumstance. It's rooted in how I feel. So like I get really happy and excited when I go to cookout because I like cookout and it's awesome. And so I get really happy and excited when I get the two quesadillas and I go off and it's fantastic. It's an awesome night. That is an emotion that is produced off of a circumstance, something that happens to me. Joy is something that is rooted in the Lord. So one thing is rooted in who God is. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The other is rooted in our circumstance. And I think there's this overall just sort of thread throughout Christianity. Um, This is like God wants you to be happy. Um, And we've mistaken that for the joy of the Lord. And I think when we say, when we say the words like, Oh no, God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy. That is not necessarily his biggest goal in life. Now people equate that as like, well, there isn't joy in the Lord. And the Bible says there's joy in the Lord. So therefore God wants me to be happy. And honestly, man, like, yeah, I've seen those two things clash because there have been so many times in the last two to three years of my life that I've just been straight up, not happy. Um, yeah, but there's also been those have been some of the most joyful years at the same time, because there's been they've been rooted in the Lord and who He is, and I found joy in that, even though I haven't been overly happy. And so I think this yeah. this is where I think attention has come into play in my own life, and this is something that I wish the church as a whole that we could understand that like God's sole desire isn't to make you happy, but that doesn't mean that there isn't true biblical joy in the Lord. Um, And those two don't have to be in constant contrast with one another.
1: Yeah, I I, this brings up such an interesting point, because, again, definitionally, these things are so close, but it's ultimately happiness is placed in one thing and joy is placed in another Mm -hmm. thing. And I do think that in our happiness, God is glorified. Like, like God has given us emotions to experience and to enjoy and to help guide us. Like emotions are a part of who we are mm-hmm. because we're created in the image of God. So in our happiness, man, yeah, as long as we're like happy in the right things, like sure, God is glorified. Yeah. But when that happiness isn't there, yeah. when, when we're suffering, yeah. when we are in the valley of the shadow of death, man, God is also glorified in that he's glorified in our, I mean, look at the the Psalms of lament, mm-hmm. like look at lamentations, like in, in these emotions, right? Like we're created to experience them, mm-hmm. but everything shouldn't be placed in a single one of them yeah. because they, they're fleeting. They come and go. I'm sad one day. I'm happy. Another, I'm angry one day. I'm calm on mm-hmm. another, right? But I'm at peace with Jesus. I'm content in him. I have joy in my salvation. And so those things are rooted. Um, Reagan, I want to kind of maybe start with this. I look at Psalm 51 and first of all, Psalm 51 is probably my favorite Psalm. (laughs) And I look at David saying, restore to me the joy of my salvation, right? That's what he's asking, or sorry, the joy of your salvation, your being Mm -hmm. God. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Clearly, David has lost something. So how would you explain the fact that we could potentially lose our joy that is ultimately rooted in Jesus? And how would you compare that to losing happiness that is ultimately rooted in uh, something in the world?
0: (laughs) You're just coming out with the big questions. My gosh, man. No prep, (laughs) no warning, nothing. (laughs) Um, so here's, here's kind of the way that, that I've kind of like broken these down into a framework. So happiness is basically dealt on a spectrum. So it is the thing that I can be happy in different seasons of my life. I can not be happy in different seasons of my life. And that's going to come and go. The joy of the Lord is the one thing that is consistent that whether my life is terrible or whether my life is awesome or whether my life is mundane the joy of the Lord is what's meant to be the bedrock. And out of that bedrock, there can be seasons where I'm being filled with the joy of the Lord and I can experience the emotion of happiness and I can be filled with the joy of the Lord. And I can also not experience the emotion of happiness as well. Um, that's just kind of the way that I've kind of broken it down in my head. Um, when it comes to the joy of our salvation, like David in Psalm 51 is coming out of a season of sin, um, ultimate sin that I would say has separated him from God um, and I think that's where we when he says, like a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And he says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be made whiter than snow. So David commits the sin with Bathsheba, kills Uriah the Hittite. Um, then he's confronted with this sin, and now he's he's left with his his sin and the thing that has separated him from God, and the desire to be back in fellowship in communion with him. Yeah, and in that there is the ultimate joy. Um, and salvation. And, and, and yeah. that goes into the whole, there's a whole other conversation on that of like how, like we cannot lose our salvation, but we can lose fellowship and communion right. with God. Um, yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's the ultimate and response. And that's when our sin. joy
1: can kind of be shaken. Yeah. Right. Like our joy can be shaken when we lose Jesus as the bedrock of everything that we are. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, I love how you mentioned, you know, earlier in Psalm 51, a broken and contrite heart and here's the thing right cuz da- old testament times the the way the holy spirit worked and the function of the holy spirit was a, is a little bit different than what we see under the new covenant yeah. but it's like david is begging god not to take the holy spirit away because the holy spirit was a special bestowing mm-hmm. of the spirit on a particular person for a period of time yeah. and it was ultimately up to god who he gave it to and who he took it away from. Yeah. Right. And so like David is realizing the gravity of his sin and that his sin is worth his fellowship with God being completely cut off.
0: Okay, so hold up, hold up, hold up. With what you just said there. So this is the thing. This is the really hard part about sin, is that sin promises to be the thing that will fulfill you and make you happy when ultimately it separates you from the joy that is promised in yes. communion with God. So that is the thing, man. Like, this is the thing I wish that I'd knew years and years and years ago. That like I don't know what's really going to make me happy. And dude, I have like caused myself and other people around me so much hurt and brokenness and destruction and pursuit of the things that I thought would make me happy when at the end of the day, the thing that would make me happy is actually going to take me away from communion and fellowship with God, which would rob me of the joy of just being in his presence and being in fellowship with him. And man, that that's, that's the elusive nature of sin is that a promise is something that we can never fulfill. And so I think we get mad at God when God tells us no to something that we think is going to make us happy um but really man like that's like when God tells us no that's his greatest protection <laughs> because ultimately yeah. he knows what is best for us like if he designed the world a certain way if he designed relationships a certain way if he designed um if he designed it he knows what's best for it um and I don't yeah. man I, I really don't. So I've, I've learned over the years to put a lot less weight on the things that I think would make me happy in the moment. Because um, oftentimes, man, it leads me away and from communion uh, with God.
1: The really fascinating thing about this is that Satan wants you to confuse happiness and joy. Yeah. Right. Satan wants you to conflate, you know, this um, uh, momentary emotion of happiness for joy because ultimately, right, we are... I mean, for lack of a better term, like we are hedonistic in the sense that we want to achieve like this feeling of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Like we want to achieve this ultimate feeling of joy, right? And so what Satan does is he comes in and he throws at you all of these sins that make you happy. Yeah. And so what you do is you begin to conflate happiness with joy and then you get into Ecclesiastes where you try everything under the sun because you think it will fulfill you. When ultimately you're putting your fulfillment in a momentary emotion rather than the consistent cornerstone rock yep. that is Jesus. Yep. And that's what Satan wants. Yep. That's like, that's his job. He wants, he wants to take a good thing. Happiness is a good thing. And he wants to, he wants to twist it up yeah. to make it something that causes us to, to run like the complete opposite direction. From Jesus. But
0: here's, here's the crazy thing, man. Like I haven't figured this out, That like, I know, I know that there is more joy in the Lord, but I consistently choose what will make me happy in the moment over the lasting fulfillment that comes with joy in the Lord. And like, dude, I know that yeah. I've seen it. I've gone through the cycles of this, but like yet time after time after time, I'm still drawn to what would make me happy in the moment. And I'm like, I think that just goes yeah. back to everything we're talking about this podcast. Like, that's just like the that's just the heart of sanctification that, like, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to lead the God I love. Like, the heart is evil and deceitful above all other things. Who can trust it? And I think that's like we put so much onus on our happiness. Like we are a culture that is yeah. built on do what makes you happy, do what makes you feel good. But like the Bible at the end of the day is like it shows like God created happiness. Like he created that emotion and it's a really awesome thing, but that emotion is not meant to be the bedrock of our life. It's not meant to be the thing that drives our decisions and drives our life. Like happiness is built on what you feel. The joy of the Lord is built on who God has been and his faithfulness. Like even if you want to go back to David, like I don't think David felt great in Psalm 51. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But there's joy in the salvation of the Lord because of his faithfulness and his consistency and his steadfast love towards David.
1: And then I think that's like such
0: a big difference that we see between happiness and joy there.
1: Yeah, and our our campus pastor taught this previous Sunday. And one of the things he said during his sermon was, don't replace the best thing for the good thing. It's like happiness is a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like emotions are a good thing. Like Jesus created them for us to experience, to know and to enjoy and ultimately to glorify yeah. him. But when that good thing becomes the best thing. When you put that thing on the throne, then it becomes a very bad thing. Yeah. Right. I was and I mean, the thing you're talking about is Roman seven. This is what Paul struggles with, mm-hmm. you know, during during his ministry. in one of the most famous letters of the Bible, he's just like, yep. I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. And then I do do what I don't want to do and then don't do what I do want. And it's like a really confusing passage of scripture. And Paul is fighting with his earthly desire and what he knows he's been called to in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And his flesh is pulling him one way. And his desire for Jesus and sanctification is pulling him another way. Yeah. And he messes up. He confesses to it. Yeah. Like he's not perfect. I was in Colossians three today and it just talks about putting to death what is earthly inside of you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Paul goes on to like list sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, in these things you once walked when you were living in them, but now you have to put them away. Yeah, Put away anger, put away wrath, put, put away malice, put away slander. Do not lie to one another. And then finally he gets to this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness humility meekness and joy bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgive one another as the lord has forgiven you and then he goes on to talk about love put on love put on joy let the word of christ dwell in you richly and when you see what paul is telling you to put on as a christian Mm -hmm. you realize that these things don't come and go Mm -hmm. like we have been invited into them like we have free access to these things yeah these sins that Paul finish, finishes listing in verses 5 through 10, they come and go. Yeah. They provide momentary bliss and you you sacrifice your eternal joy in Jesus at the you know, at the altar of these momentary things. Yeah. But when you realize that God is inviting you into these beautiful things, unity, forgiveness, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and joy. Yeah. It almost makes no sense why we choose sin, but we still do Yeah, all the time.
0: Well, and I think like there's, the there's never going to be a time where we don't choose sin. Um, I think happiness is like a desire to be happy. We, 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 we place different things or people or positions um, and like, okay, well, I want this. Therefore, I'm going to go get it. So like sin is always driving that and it will always drive that. Um, even if it's not happiness, it's going to be something else like pride or greed or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think what I've even wrestled with myself is like, like, I've told you, like, I just, I haven't been overly happy. I don't know why there's nothing wrong. Yeah. It's just like the emotion of happiness of like walking on clouds, just like <laughs> hasn't overly been there. Yeah. Um, and I don't, also don't know why I equate that feeling with happiness. Um, but mm-hmm. I think there is something where like, I've been asking myself recently, okay, like, how do I find, how do I find joy when I'm not happy? Um, and dude, this is the thing that like, this is the thing that rocked me is that, okay, if we really believe that joy is a fruit of the spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, can't lose the spirit, you can quench the spirit. Yeah. Can't lose the spirit. Yeah. And so if you lack joy, that's a quenching of the spirit because of sin, which is a pursuit of happiness. And so, man, like that's where I'm like, okay, well, if I don't feel, how do I find joy when I don't have happiness? walk by the spirit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Walk by the spirit, dude. And I'm like, that, that's the thing that like, when I haven't had the emotional things to say like, oh yes, that's going to bring me happiness. Like walking by the spirit and spending time in prayer and opening up his word and like allowing the Lord to refine and sanctify a broken heart and broken life has brought me more joy in that than the things that I thought would actually bring me happiness in the first place. Um, there there's, there's yeah. so many like levels and interesting intricacies to that um but it's really just walking by the spirit
1: i i find something really interesting about joy and this is kind of this this again be i think makes itself apparent in psalm 51 where so you have the statement restore to me the joy of your salvation and david quickly goes on to say, so that sinners will return to you. And I've been just, I've been just kind of trying to process that. And I think the conclusion that I've come to is the Christian life is ultimately not about me. Like the Christian life is ultimately not about me. If I look at like the greatest commandment, it's love Jesus and love others, right? So the simplest conclusion in that is that my joy in the Lord is ultimately not for me. Something I get to experience. Mm -hmm. It's something I get to enjoy. But ultimately, it's to glorify God and point others to Mm -hmm. him when you realize that the joy of the Lord, the joy in God's salvation can cause sinners to return mm-hmm. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then when we are pursuing sin and we're sequenching the spirit, yeah. then our joy cannot cause sinners to return to God because we are sequenching the spirit in our own life. Yeah, man. Right. And so our sin ultimately doesn't just affect us. It affects others. Yeah, and I think we have kind of the selfish approach with joy, and that like just choose joy. You know, like you get <laughs> you you'll get this fancy curse. I writing, hate that motto, you know, dude. Put it on the I pillow. hate that.
0: I hate that. that. I hate that. I hate that. It's um,
1: you got that Etsy sign that you can yeah, buy. Choose joy. I, I hate that because, bro, you know? I'm just gonna be
0: honest. Like, at the, there are times that someone tells like, "Hey, just choose joy today." I'm like, I can't. I'm like. I'm just, I'm not there, bro. I'm just like, that's not necessarily (laughs) the the, the decision that I'm making, but I love the analogy you you just used there because like, okay, fruits, fruits are the spirit. Yes, they are for you. They said they are, they're evidence of what the spirit is doing in your life. But if we're going to use the analogy of a fruit, that also means that it's for other people as well. So like a tree that bears apples, does the tree benefit from the apples it produces? No, it's the people that come and pick the apples off the tree. The tree is the bearer (laughs) of the fruit. It doesn't necessarily receive the benefit of the fruit. And I think there's like a very similar analogy here where it's like, okay, yes, I I, I am a beneficiary of the joy that the spirit brings in my life. Yes. But that fruit is also meant for somebody else to come and to to glean and to like, man, like, man, why do you have so much joy? It's meant to draw people to you because I think like even going back to like our, our, our worship episode a couple episodes ago where like when you worship in a difficult season and people see you fix your eyes on the lord they are drawn to you in the way that's like man what is so different about you how do you have so much joy and in that question of like man what is different about you that's when you get to say it's not me it's not in my strength it's jesus and that's where you get to see like the sinners are drawn to something that is so different because joy in difficult seasons sticks out like a sore thumb It really,
1: really, really,
0: really does. Like all these things, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you can have self-control and gentleness (laughs) in a difficult season, you're telling me people aren't going to be wondering what is so different about you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then that's where there's just like such a drastic difference between joy and happiness. Doesn't mean they're not good things but there's such an overwhelming difference. I've never had anybody ask me like, why are you so happy? Like <laughs> I've yeah. never, cause like I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy because I have coffee in my hand. I'm joyful because I know the Lord. <laughs> like they're two very, yeah. very yeah. different things.
1: I, I love how you talked about, you know, fruit is for others to glean from and to be encouraged by. And it's like the tree doesn't necessarily benefit from the fruit. Yeah. What does the tree benefit from? the roots. Yeah. Like we want to talk about who the root, who the, who the vine, like this is the language that's used all throughout scripture. Yeah, It's like, yes, the tree is benefited through the joy that is given to it by the vine.
0: Yeah.
1: By the roots, by the thing that supplies the tree life. And from that, it naturally overflows into the production of fruit. And it's like, yeah, this language can be found in the Bible. This isn't anything profound. But I think when you apply it to to immediate circumstances, or when you apply it to to particular concepts such as joy, the the idea of joy becomes a little bit easier to understand.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and it goes becomes a little bit easier. It goes back to something we've been saying a lot in this podcast that the fruit reflects the root, and so the fruit of your life is going to reflect the roots that it's planted in. And so, if you are planted in the, if your roots are planted in who Jesus is and the joy of that salvation. The fruit of that is going to be joy. That is a fruit of the spirit. If your roots are planted in what's making you happy, or what you think is going to make you happy, that's not going to necessarily produce the fruit of joy. Um, and I think that's what that that fruit of joy is what we're all longing for. That's what that's what we're all trying to find, but we keep trying to put happiness at the root of that, and it's just not going to produce the fruit that we want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, this is something that I think particularly in our context, but I think, man, conversations that I've had with people at our church, with friends, with family who aren't in ministry, Mm -hmm. like this is, this is a, this is just a struggle that humans deal with, right? (laughs) Like this is just something that is part of our nature. Like we conflate happiness and joy all the time. Well, so Reagan, how would you navigate? Like, how how do you catch yourself, you know, when you put too much hope in, (laughs) you know, rooting yourself too much in happiness as opposed to joy? Like, what are maybe some, like, signs? I don't know. Help me out (laughs) Um, because I feel like I do it a lot. So
0: this is, like, a very tangible thing for me because I've been doing it, like, somewhat recently. Um, If I'm able to say in my head, if only I had this, then I would be happy that's probably the thing that i'm building my life because like vic i know i've called you man and i'm like bro there's nothing wrong in my life (laughs) like there isn't like the sky isn't falling right now but for some reason there isn't happiness and so i think there's like there's this one thing in my head i'm like man if i just had that then i would be happy and then we did a whole like relationships uh panel with our students on sunday night and basically tried to have like We try to show them that like a relationships or a discipleship thing, it isn't just like this extracurricular thing that it's like, it's an emotional Like If God created it, that means he has ownership in it. And that means there's a way that we are to go about it. Um, And one of the things that was really helpful, like um, a girl on, on, on my staff got to say, is like, okay, like if you are 16, if you're 25, if you're 35 and you're like, man, the one thing that would make me happy is a relationship. Praise God, okay? That's a really good desire to have. The second you get that relationship, now she's like, I'm married. You know what the things are now? Now I'm like, now I want a full-time job. That's the thing that's gonna make me happy. Now I want kids. That's the thing that's gonna make me happy. Like now I want all these other things. So it's just like, a it's, it's, a, it's a succession over and over and over. You get that one thing that you think is finally gonna scratch the itch. And the second you get that, now there's something else because there's something in the root of happiness, whether it's just like unfulfillment or just something on the, the the deep inside that we cannot scratch. Um, and we're just trying to fulfill it with different things, man. So um, when I've tried to pinpoint that in my life, I've just tried to say like, all right, what's the one thing that I feel like if I had this, then that would bring me happiness mm-hmm. in my life. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That just means I'm putting an unhealthy weight on whatever that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. I I immediately think of Paul again yeah. because Paul is just like in half the Bible, uh, and and he we've talked about this now probably a ton on the podcast already, but it's the you know remove remove this thorn from me, yeah. you know I would be so much better without it. I could do ministry better. Yada yada yada. We've talked about it on an episode before. Go find it. But if Jesus, if God would have removed the thorn from Paul's side. He probably would have been happy. Yeah. Like he probably would have been happy. He probably would have been. That's so good. But he doesn't. And what does Paul say? Your strength is sufficient for me. In that he is saying that my joy is rooted in the Lord. And even though I didn't get what I wanted. I can take comfort (laughs) and know that what God has for me is best for me, yeah, and I can rest because that is far more powerful and far stronger than anything that Paul could have accomplished on his own. Happy. So
0: if if, if, if I can one-up I mean? Paul for a second, so Jesus in the garden, yes. Oh, here yeah. we go. Dang, <laughs> so, dang so it. So Jesus is like, when he's praying in the garden, he's like, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but let not my will be your will be done. What well, would have actually made Jesus happy in that moment is to not have that cup given to him, but
1: he wouldn't have prayed he wouldn't for have it prayed for it if it wouldn't have, would have made have it happen.
0: It. If he's like, if there's another yeah. way, let me know. Let's go about it. But he said, "Not my will, but your will," and he was obedient even to the thing that wouldn't have given him quote unquote happiness. But then the Bible says he counted it all joy. He counted it all joy, not happiness. He counted it joy <laughs> to go to the yeah. cross because I don't think Jesus was happy when the nails were in his hands, but you can be dang sure he was joyful um, because he knew that sinners yeah. were coming back to the Lord. Um, and man, like yep. that's, that's the beautiful thing that what would it look like for us to actually die to ourselves, take up our cross, lay down our happiness and pursue obedience to the Lord, walk by the spirit, have the fruit of joy. Like if we, if we really, really wanted to see revival, preach the word, pray, walk by the spirit and have people wonder what is so joyful about your life during hard seasons. Like, man, see, see how sinners return to the Lord in that. Oh my goodness. Like that's, yeah, that's everything.
1: And it's, Man, and when times are great, it's easy to be happy. Yes. No one is asking a lottery winner. The world expects, <laughs> the world expects yes. it. Yes, like no one asks someone who just got ten million dollars. Yes. Hey, why are you happy yes. right now? Well, no, like of course I'm happy. I'm a millionaire yeah. now. But man, when when the world is crumbling down, and you have nowhere to turn, yeah. and everything that the world tells you is that you should be, you should be done. Yeah. You, you should, you should leave God. He's clearly, he doesn't have the best intent for you yeah. when the world is telling you all of these things, yet you respond with joy. It's okay to weep. It's okay to, it's, it's okay to lament. It's okay to be sad in those moments. You don't have to be happy, but when you respond with joy, now you're set apart. Yeah. Right now you're other. Now you look different Yeah. and the world will ask you why. Yeah. Why are you so different? How can you exude joy when your life is falling apart? And you want to talk about what brings sinners back to Jesus? It's moments like that when they say, I want that. I want to be able to look into the face of my fear and of my doubt and of my shame and of my guilt and say, that's covered. I don't have to worry about that anymore because Jesus has accomplished
0: it. Well, and I think, that's why it's so important in. to like focus in even even on what you just said there. They're like, because things that we think will make us happier, are oftentimes very deep emotional desires, wants, scars, traumas, different things where it's like, there's a reason we say that's the only, that's if we had that, then we would be happy in life. Um, and so I I think that's important to acknowledge where like, it is difficult. It is hard it's okay. Like I, I, the, the picture that I have is like, I forget who actually said this illustration from the pulpit, but there was just like 85 year old woman on her deathbed. Um, agony. She, the only thing that would make her happy was her for, for her body to be healed. But the nurses would come by the door every single day. And this old woman would just be singing hymns and just praising her God, like her physical body in torment, but her spiritual soul was singing hymns and praises to God. We can go back to Acts 16, Paul and Silas hanging upside down in in the prison. They're not overly happy. It's a sucky situation. And we want to sit in that and lament with that. And the Lord weeps with you in that. But there is joy. (laughs) There is joy that comes in the Lord. Um, And even Acts 16, they heard the worship. And people in the prison came to know the lord because of the worship coming out of paul and silas's mouth yeah and i'm like man i want that for my life dude because that's like how much time have i wasted sitting in this stupid apartment unhappy with what the lord has given me um when he's promised me so much joy in and of himself yeah like i want that man i really do
1: yeah there's one story and i'm sure bible scholars can roast us in the emails uh, because I might butcher the story, but there's a story of a uh, of long time ago, back in like Roman, like soon after the Bible had been written, a story of a girl named Felicitas and Perpetua. And there are these two girls that are brand new believers. They get adopted into this family of believers. Felicitas gets pregnant. And then her family is put up for execution mm. because they were believers. And... According to Roman law, Felicitas could not be executed until after she had delivered the baby. Oh. And so her family is set to be executed soon. And then Felicitas, her execution was put off until later. And her, she's like, well, I want to die with my family. So we about to have this baby. And so through prayer and petition, she has this baby early. Mm-hmm. She goes with her family into the Roman Colosseum to be executed. Her family is one by one executed. And the really interesting thing, the, the reason we know the story is because her son, the the, the baby boy who was born yeah. earlier, recounts the story and he actually becomes one of the most popular and, and most effective missionaries in North Africa. But when she walks out into this Coliseum, he notes that she had her hair up. She had it like all done up like fancy braids, like ornates. And this was something that women did at weddings. Mm-hmm. This was something that, that women did when babies were born. This was something that women did when things required some joy, like when good things occasion. were happening, yeah. when, when it, you, you, no one's crying at a wedding unless it's like, yeah, some maybe, people may, but maybe, um, <laughs> but but she walks out into this coliseum with her hair up, which marks it was a cultural symbol of yeah. joy. She goes out there, she gets knocked down by a bull or by something, and her hair comes down. It's all dirty, it's all bloody, it's all muddy, and women would wear their hair down at funerals, mm-hmm. sad times, things that people wouldn't really notice like joy right and the the animals go through the colosseum, and for whatever reason felicitas has not been killed she has survived this this attack and for all of the survivors they would send out the roman guards to to finish the execution to kill them and the roman guard walks up to felicitas hair all bloody muddy in the ground and he's like do you have any last words And she's like, hold on, give me a second. And as the guard is about to execute her, she takes her hair from the dirt, from the mud, from the blood, and begins to put it back Mm. into the ornate braid that it was in when she walked out. Mm. And then what's recounted in the, in the biography, if that's what it's called is she says something along the lines of my joy cannot be taken from me for it is rooted in the Lord. And you look at that and you're like Felicitas, a girl who was on her deathbed who had literally had her family, her child, her life ripped from her was able to look into the eyes of the person who was about to murder her and say, you cannot take the joy that God has given to me away. And the difficult question I have to ask myself is, is that true about my life? Like, Is that true about the way I live day to day? And when I think about it, I'm convicted, (laughs) right? Like, like I'm really convicted, but it's also a beautiful reminder of the type of joy that Jesus gives us because it gives us the ability to look into our pain, look into our suffering, look into this broken and hurt filled world and say, my joy in Jesus far surpasses this momentary affliction. Um, it's a beautiful story. Shoot.
0: You got me crying on the other end of this zoom call, man. Goodness (laughs) gracious. Um, well, I think that's like a, that's a really good way to kind of wrap up and turn the corner here that I think, man, like there are people probably listening to this right now that are not in an overly happy situation. Um, whether it's circumstances beyond their control circumstances, like of their own actions that like life just sucks right now. Um, What would you say to someone that is like, man, I'm not happy. How do I find the joy of the Lord? And what does that actually look like? What what would you say to that?
1: I, this has just been a theme for me in my life. And the number one thing I have to remind myself is that words that I say to someone who is suffering. Like my words won't fix it. Like my words don't help. Even if they're the most beautiful, joy filled, amazing words that I could say, they're always going to fall short because I'm a sinner and I'm not Jesus. Mm-hmm. So my number one thing is turn to Jesus. And I do that two ways. One, through super literal prayers, super literal prayers. I mean, like, hey, Jesus, in the Bible, it says that Christians should be filled with joy. hmm. I don't, I don't have that right now. Like, please, like, please help me turn my eyes towards you. Help me experience the joy of your salvation again. Like pray yeah. literal prayers, pray the Bible back to Jesus. And literally like our pastor would say, like, remind God of the promises that he's That's made good. you, that he's given to you. Like recall them for him, pray those things because they are promises that the Bible has given you and they are true. hmm. And so if we pray literal prayers, God is 100% of the time going to answer yeah. according to his will. And so that's like my my number one thing is pray literal prayers. You need to ask Jesus in the most simplest way to restore the joy back yeah. to you. Um, and couple that with time in the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible. I, I feel like... And I want to be careful with those two things because I feel like it's so easy to, to be like, especially someone who's suffering to be like, man, just pray and read your Bible because oh. clearly since you're suffering, you haven't been yeah. doing that, you know, like that is not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that those two things are going to fix your suffering. Yeah. I'm saying that those two things, whether you've been doing them yeah. or need to start doing them will help reorient yes. your eyes yes. towards Jesus. Yes. And those two things are different. Um, And so I always want to put that little caveat in there. I'm not saying your suffering is happening because you're not doing these things. I'm saying your suffering is happening. And if you do these things, it will help point your eyes towards Jesus. And as one of my favorite pastors of all time said, eyes on Jesus.
0: (laughs) Shout out Jason Gasson. Um, Hey. I think that that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Reagan, what about you? Well, I think that's a beautiful thing, man, because I love that you mentioned scripture that it's like, again, what's the point of scripture? It's informational or it's not informational, it's transformational. And so we're not there to get facts. We are there to be transformed, whether it's our, our view in which we are viewing our circumstance, our heart, our mind, whatever it is. And I'm like, man, just the reminder of Psalm 30, like Psalm 30, 11 through 12, you have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth. You have clothed me with gladness. Also, like you see in that, that like God gives you gladness. He gives you happiness as an emotion because it's a good thing. And it is, it can be coupled with the joy that He can turn a really yeah. mourningful situation and He can turn it into something that will that you cause you to dance out of ultimate joy. Yeah. And out of that, my glory may sing your praise and I will not be silent. Or, oh, Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And like, man, that's something that, again, like Vic said, just because you read a passage doesn't make everything okay. But like reciting that over and over and over and allowing the spirit to bring that to your mind and to your heart in times when you need it um, to reorient your life around that. Um, Man, that's a beautiful thing.
1: There are are two types of people. Type... Person number 1 is the type of person that in their suffering, in their hurts, in their pain, step away from Jesus, blame Jesus, and that's the time where the spiritual disciplines fall to the ground, right? But in the good times when things are going well, when things when things are happy, like it's really easy for them to push into mm-hmm. Jesus. Person number 2 is the opposite. Person number 2 whenever suffering hits, man, for whatever reason, it's really easy to lean into their spiritual Bro, disciplines. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to keep your eyes on Jesus. Like For whatever reason, in the hurt, and the pain, this type of person relies on Jesus, but then when things get good, when things get easy, when things get happy, mm-hmm. they get a little lackadaisical. And these spiritual disciplines like the good things, reading the Bible, prayer, studying scripture, worship, those things begin yeah. to fall to the side. And the way we rely and stay rooted in joy in both the good and in the bad is rooted ultimately in Jesus. Jesus is Jesus in the good and Jesus is Jesus in the bad. And so eyes on Jesus in mm-hmm. both the good and the bad will help us stay rooted in that joy. Yeah. Because personally, actually I tend to lean in to my spiritual disciplines in the suffering. Yeah. I like guess when things kind of, when it hits the fan, Like that's when it's, that's when I tend to lean into my relationship with Jesus a lot harder than I would when things are going great. But I know not everyone's like that. And so it's just the constant reminder of eyes on Jesus. And it's man, even with that, like Um,
0: suffering is is a suffering is a season. So what is that season going to be used for? Um, Like, will that season like the, the, the seasons of suffering that I've had in my own life, how, like you said, those have been the ones that have actually drawn me closer into more intimate relationship with the Lord. Um, and it's going to draw you one of two ways. And so the hope is that like, it's not going to last forever. Like joy comes with the morning. Um, it is not going to last forever. And then what is that season of suffering that you're in? What is that actually going to be used for? It can, it can be actually a good thing that God can take what man meant for evil and he can turn it for good. And he can produce something, an intimate relationship, a deeper love for him out of, some, out of something that has yeah. caused you very, very, very real pain um and that's the beauty of our god man it really is
1: and i think like the perfect way to wrap up this episode is to focus on the beauty of the already and not yet aspect of scripture so like man in jesus right now tonight this afternoon as you listen to this podcast on your ride home like you can find ultimate and beautiful joy in the cornerstone that is jesus you can find joy in your in his salvation and that is an a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, But there's a not yet piece to this that we get to look forward Mm -hmm. to. Like in this new Jerusalem, in this new kingdom, when Jesus returns and restores what has been broken by sin, we are going to be able to experience ultimate beautiful joy Mm -hmm. and happiness. And that will be eternal. And so you have this thing to look forward to, but you also have this thing right now, and they're both beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so freaking awesome about the yeah, gospel. Man. You have this beautiful already, not I love yet. that. So, yeah, well, bro, 50 minutes on joy and happiness. Bro, I, 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 I'm
0: I'm going to be honest. Like, I was tired tonight. I really didn't want to record. I think I needed to just sit. Like, I needed that. And so if I needed that, I know yeah. there's probably one person sitting on the other end of this conversation that needed that as well. Um,
1: I know if you're anything like Reagan and I, we're both vocal processors. Um, (laughs) That's
0: why we have a podcast. Thus the (laughs) podcast.
1: But if you're like us and you are also a vocal processor, man, I encourage you call a friend, call a mentor, call a trusted person in your life and just talk about the season of life you're in and maybe maybe that's something that will provide you a little bit of encouragement because i know like these conversations provide me like tons mm-hmm. of encouragement so i want to encourage you guys if, if if that's something that you need go do yeah. it. go talk to someone i think those conversations even if you're not looking for something are like super beneficial yeah. um, and could be really beneficial for your walk with the lord but As always, you can find us on TikTok, Sanctified-ish. You can check us out there. Uh, We post new content all the time, especially you get to catch some podcast clips early. So maybe you are watching my stream tonight of LEGO Star Wars. Who knows? 12 (laughs) a.m. I'm streaming. Twitch.tv slash Rots of 157. Come check it out and uh but yeah check us check us out on tiktok sanctified ish you can email us maybe you thought today's episode was great maybe you have some questions maybe it sucked <laughs> email us sanctified ish at gmail.com we want to hear from you we want to talk yeah. with you it's part of this thing and we love it so thank you guys for watching we will see you next friday when we talk about something that we have season two coming soon <laughs> until <laughs> season two check it out you'll love it thank you for all the support guys we really appreciate it until next Peace. time take care and god bless
0: that was Ooh, great i'm so tired